So does she or does she not look exactly like Lord Farquaad from Star Trek? Oh my God, she looks so strange. Yes, she, she does. does. <laughs> like she could be his mother. Or she also reminds oh, <laughs> yeah. my outline, Yo. Amy Bishop, aka also, Lord Farquaad. <laughs> she also reminds me of the fucking little short woman that makes the costumes in the Incredibles. Yes. Edna. Edna. Yes. <laughs> Leave the dog alone because the dog didn't do a damn thing and now you're trying to feed him your body. Thou shalt kill all of your fans and a dog fish a tampon out of the garbage. It ain't right to if you, but you can pretend like you will. A dog. Wow. They are not to be trusted if you uh, got a bold cut. What? Got a short cut. Watch out. Go back to the Amy. swap. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Straight Up Evil. My name is Jocelyn. I'm the brunette. We've got Katie. She's the redhead. Hi. And we have Carly. She's the blonde. Hey. All right. We are coming at you with a listener requested episode. This is from our pal Nate from Twitter. Homie Nate. Said he loved all the snapped episodes. Said cover Deborah Green. Guess what we did tonight? We're covering Amy Bishop, who probably is related to Deborah Green in some way. (laughs) They are very, very similar. Um, but yeah, tonight we are covering Amy Bishop, or as I like to call her, the killer Karen. Yes. I like that. <laughs> I feel like she is the most I need to speak to your manager person 100. of all time. I really like Shamey too. That was good one. Shamey. I like yeah. Shamey. Yeah, that's good. Shamey I like how good. Katie's was just Amy Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> I died. I absolutely died. Okay. So for those of you who do not know, Amy Bishop was a Harvard educated neurobiologist, wife and mother of four children who pulled out a gun at a staff meeting on February 12th of 2010. She murdered three of her colleagues. She wounded three of her colleagues. Once she was apprehended, investigators learned that this was not her first rodeo. Not only did she kill her brother in 1986 in the kitchen of their childhood home, quote, by accident, but she also Mm -hmm. very likely sent a pipe bomb to her supervisor through the mail in 1993. Yeah, like, oh, okay. Who doesn't do that? Red flag, bitches. So in short, Amy Bishop is a very dangerous person who probably should have been locked up since (laughs) 1986. But she wasn't, unfortunately. So tonight we're going to look into her life. We're going to look into her crimes. She is spiritually related to Deborah Green, 100%. And she's really not that different from Larissa Schuster, the acid lady. (sighs) They're very similar. So if you don't know who Deborah Green or Larissa Schuster is, I would recommend pausing this episode, going into the back catalog and listening to those and then listening to Amy Bishop because they all three stories kind of go together. I think Larissa was a Nate one as well. 
No, I think so. Oh really? Okay, so wow. just check out the Nate trilogy of episodes. Okay. <laughs> So Amy Bishop was born on April 24th, 1965 in Iowa City, Iowa. Her parents were Judy and Sam. They were lifelong New Englanders. They were living in Iowa while Sam was finishing his graduate degree in fine arts at the University of Iowa. He was a painter during the day and a janitor at night, or maybe it was the other way around, a janitor during the day and a painter at night. I don't know, but he was a fine art student. That was his, his passion. Um, so when Amy was four years old, the family moved to Braintree, Massachusetts, which is a very wealthy suburb of Boston. And that same year, Amy's younger brother, Seth was born. So both parents are living there. Plus the two kids from an early age, Amy claimed to experience issues with asthma. She was taken to the emergency room very often with breathing problems. I'm going to get into this a little bit later. Um, she started to play violin when she was in the third grade. I know we're all going to start talking about our band trauma. Can't. So oh, can't, can't go, go back there. there. Can't go back there. <laughs> Cannot go back there. <laughs> but she started violin when she was in third grade. And she is described consistently by people as very aloof and very flat, unengaging um, as a child, just very like, and her brother, Seth, I mean, they were, they shared similar traits. Like she started playing violin and he was like, I want to play the violin. And like, it wasn't really a sibling rivalry per se. It was just his older sister was doing it. So he wanted to do it. And people would say that Seth was like, normal and approachable quote unquote normal like approachable like could talk to you could hold a conversation with you but amy no so when amy graduated from high school she went on to northeastern university sam her father was actually teaching there by that time so she started going to school there when she went to college seth was still in high school at the time and when he was a senior he began dating a junior named melissa And Melissa would go on to say that Amy never liked her, was never friendly towards her. And she always felt judged by her, like right off the bat, which I guess like is Is your younger personality or was it she actually didn't like her or right? Like, is she being that type of older sister or is she just like, again, just not a friendly and engaging person? Right. At all. In 1985. Amy's paternal grandfather passed away and the family attended the wake altogether. So Amy comes home from school for the weekend. They all go to the wake. And when they come back to the house, which is a very large Victorian home in Braintree, they find the first floor window is open and they discover that the house has been burglarized. Now, this is shocking because this is a very wealthy neighborhood. Yes, but also a very safe neighborhood. You know, people are not locking their doors or like anything like that. It's just a a quiet suburb. So Judy's wedding ring was stolen, unfortunately, and many other like sentimental valuables, I would call them like their crystal stemware from the wedding and like just kind of sentimental items were taken, which is odd. Hmm. Um, And also they used the pillowcases from Amy and Seth's room to take the valuables Hmm. which is odd to me because the valuables are being stolen from the parents' bedroom. So why not take those pillowcases? But we will definitely come back to that. The family was devastated by this. And Judy actually printed a 
an ad in the newspaper, a plea basically in the newspaper that was like, please give me back my wedding ring. Like, it's so important to me to have that. And please give us back like these sentimental items and we won't press charges. Just like, please just return them, which is so freaking sad. I know. I, I feel so bad for Judy in this story. So she, she, um, asked for them back. Sam, her husband takes a different approach and purchases a 12 gauge shotgun for protection to keep in the house. I mean, it's 1985. So I guess you can't just like call ADT. Right. But, <laughs> right. Or like get a, you know, get a yeah. ring or something, but like it just, yeah, he gets a gun for protection. Both Judy and Amy have a problem with this. They don't approve of it. They don't want the gun in the house. They are, they immediately object. I don't want anything to do with this, but Sam still kept it and he kept it unloaded in his bedroom closet and he kept shells on top of a dresser that was close by to the gun. That same year, Amy met Jim Anderson at Northeastern University. They met in a LARPing group. And oh. for those of you who don't know, LARPing this kills me. This kills me. This absolutely. Live action role playing where group members portray characters or roles while executing the steps of a game. So like if you've ever like if you've ever seen the movie role models like that, that's LARPing like they are they're all in a LARPing club. But one of Amy's most popular and most liked games that she liked to play in this group was Dungeons and Dragons. And Carly, as our D&D expert against her own will, <laughs> is going to give us just a brief description of Dungeons and Dragons because it was very important to Amy Bishop. That D&D. It's also really important to my husband. <laughs> I have a lot of people in my life that it's really important to. Yeah, like so. there's a lot of people I know. Who I plays. feel you. Have either of you ever played it? Never. Nope. No. Just checking. Didn't think so. But <laughs> I asked, so I asked Michael about it. Like, can you give me a little bit of a lowdown or whatever? He's like, look, your demographic, they're going to know what it is. Like, you don't need to get into it. Come on. I, I, like, I don't know what it is. Why? Because we're like, what are we, a simple minded folk or something? <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? In case you don't know what it is. It's a role-playing game, an RPG. It involves magic and spells, wizards, monsters, etc. Okay. And it's been around like since the seventies, it's been around a while, which I didn't realize. And it's recognized as like the beginning of modern RPGs. It's like a big deal. So it derived from like miniature war games, whatever that really means. Each player creates its own character that forms like the party and they each roll like their little dice to decide their next steps or like resolve events. There's like a bunch of different like (laughs) dice with like different, it's not like a regular, I'm not going to Yeah, it's like a crazy looking dice. There's a bunch, right? So there's all those players. And then there's another player called the dungeon master. Whoa. Okay. Master. Yeah. And they're like the one that like runs it all basically. They run it. They they narrate the game. They control all aspects of the game except for the actions the players take because they get to pick their actions okay so in the game the party solves dilemmas they fight battles they explore gather treasure etc in order to gain experience points and become more powerful like that's apparently just like the object of the game and it usually continues over a series of meetings to complete an adventure and then a series of adventures is called a campaign and it literally can go on forever a game can last for as long as you want forever 100 years it says you could if you wanted to there it is and now i never want to talk about it ever again (laughs) 
So, but this is, is this the game that the kids are playing in the basement in Stranger Things? Yes. Okay. Okay. Demogorgon. This is Amy Bishop's jam. <laughs> Loving it. This is her straight jam. This is where she picked up her future husband. Is at the D and D game. Got okay. it. She straight Got up it. picked him up at the D and D. She picked him right there, so... right in the middle of the game. He was a dragon, and she was a fucking centaur, and they fucking made out in we... the middle of the fucking game. And then we they cannot doing confirm it. that she and was a dragon fucking... and he was a centaur, but and we the... but we believe that that's probably what it was. I don't know. Was she the dungeon master controlling everything? Yeah, and then the dungeon master was like, "Shut it down." <laughs> Told him to leave. Told him to get a room. Okay. So this is where, this is Amy Bishop's life. Okay. In 1985. Jim, Dungeons and Dragons, Northeastern University. This is the, these are the cornerstones of what she's doing. I believe she was majoring in biology. So she's a (laughs) science student. She's, she's playing Dungeons and Dragons. She's dating Jim. You know, not bad. Not really not not too shabby for 21 He's years doing old. Doing the damn thing. A little over a year after that wake, the night that their house was burglarized, December 6th of 1986, just after 2 p.m., Judy Bishop, Amy's mother, frantically called 911 and reported that her daughter Amy had shot her son Seth and she had witnessed the whole thing and it was a tragic accident. This is what Judy said happened. Now, Amy was in the house by herself. Judy's family took care of horses. They owned horses. She's from an old, old New England family Mm. who has stables and the whole nine. Um, So she was out taking care of the horses that morning, you know, like brushing them, feeding them, taking them for a ride and then coming home, which she did often. Seth also had just gotten back to the house that afternoon from the grocery store. And Judy was standing in the kitchen with him, talking to him when Amy came downstairs with the shotgun in her hand. And Amy said, I have a shell in the gun, but I don't know how to unload it. And Judy immediately said that she told Amy not to point the gun at anyone. Despite her mother saying that, Amy swung the the weapon around to show her brother. And Judy said, quote, the gun fired. So Amy shot Seth at point blank range and the kitchen was very small and there's just absolutely no way to miss him. Um, Seth collapsed to the ground and Amy ran away. Amy ran out of the back door of the house and took the gun with her. Odd. That's weird. So Odd. freaking yeah. weird. So random and so weird. And mm-hmm. I know like I... we all think we know what we would do in this situation. And I'm sure it's probably not what we would end up doing. Mm-hmm. I just have a hard time thinking that you would keep the gun. You would think out of shock, you would drop it. Yeah. These are At like some point. Yeah. There's like, they're like mm-hmm. these waves of compulsions that she has. It's the, it's the, why do we even, why did she have the gun in the first place? She said that Seth had showed her how to load the gun, but not how to unload the gun. And because she was home alone, she had loaded the gun Mm. so that because they had been robbed. Sure. And she felt like she needed to whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, the three of us know that that's a load of shit. Absolutely. She felt like shooting up her brother for some reason. So that's what she did. And she made it happen. So she ran out of the back door of the house, gun in hand, runs and ends up in a dead end alleyway outside of an auto body shop. 
and they were closed that day, but there were a few mechanics just like around, like not doing work, but just around. And they said that Amy approached them with the gun and demanded that someone give her keys to a car. Yeah. Like these are episodes. She's like having episodes, like 100%. So the men ran from her and she, she was almost immediately picked up by the police. Amy's now with the police. And she told them, like we said, she'd been alone in the house that morning. Her mother went to the stables to exercise her horse. And both Sam and Seth had been out. Amy said that she was afraid of robbers coming back to the house. Just like we said, Seth taught her to load the weapon, but not how to unload it. She said that she put several shells in it. And as she was trying to figure out how to remove them, she accidentally fired a shot shattering her mirror and created a massive hole in her bedroom wall yeah okay while she's home alone just okay like i like i think that that is the point when you put the gun down yeah but she didn't okay also i'm sorry she's a really smart person which we're gonna get into too in a few in just a minute and so like putting that into perspective with it too is just like oh really like he's gonna show you your brother's gonna show you how to use a gun but then you don't know how to unload it how does that make any sense no and it doesn't it's um, also didn't you say in the beginning she was against the gun in the first place Oh, yeah, so she didn't want it, didn't want anything to do with it. Uh, But that day, Mm -hmm. she's very interested in the gun. So then it gets a little bit more interesting, right? So she's now, she's fired the gun previously into the bedroom wall. And then when she heard Seth come home, she went to the kitchen. And the same as Judy's story, right? Said she didn't know how to unload it, swung the weapon around, and killed her brother. Now, police asked her if she shot him intentionally. And she said, no, she didn't. They continued to question her. And she finally admitted that her father had left the house that morning after he and Amy had had a disagreement. When Sam was questioned after the fact, he said that the disagree the disagreement was over a comment that Amy had made, but we do not know what that comment was. And so he left the house to do some Christmas shopping. It's December 6th. And when he came home, the driveway is just like, littered with cop cars and lights and the whole thing. And like, he just came upon the whole scene. So unfortunately, Seth Bishop was pronounced dead at the hospital at 3.08 PM. He was 18 years old. So tragic. The medical examiner ruled the death accidental pending a police investigation. And the final report on that case came on March 30th of 1987. And the death, it said that the death was caused by quote, accidental discharge of a firearm accident discharge of a fucking firearm okay it doesn't i I don't know i don't know how much i don't know how well they looked into that to be honest with you benny i really don't I, i i don't know how you can accidentally shoot the gun through your wall and then accidentally shoot it again. Like, nope, how, like no how many times can you accidentally fire the gun though? Okay, fine. Sure. What if we just, what if we just say, sure, I believe Amy Bishop. I believe everything that she has to say 100%. Do you honestly think that if you fired that gun and sh- create a huge hole in your bedroom wall that you would even try to ever pick it up again? No. Makes like, no sense. Th- no, no, I just don't think they really looked into it the way that Did they, they even have. look at the, the hole in the wall, like to like really I mean, see what the deal was. You know what I mean? Yeah, because even Judy didn't know that she had done that. Mm. Nobody knew that she had just blasted a fucking hole in her bedroom wall. 
Like nobody knew that they just, she just came downstairs. And also if you blew the fucking wall apart, don't you think the first thing you would say is, Hey, I was trying to use this and I just fucking did structural damage to the house. No big deal. It just seems to me though, like the mom is like defending her and lying for her. And I just just don't understand where that comes into play. Like that's very confusing to me. Yeah. She, I don't think she wanted to believe that she that yeah that she saw that happen like uh, yeah oh, that's i mean that's tough. terrible that's yeah terrible. it really i i feel terrible for judy i really do yeah judy same. specifically yeah same but that sympathy kind of starts to run out because amy took took seth's death extremely hard she stopped attending northeastern university at least for a time and she started sleeping in bed with her parents again yeah and she this was is 21 years old Red flag too. Big red flag. Mm. This is the part where I start to get a little bit pissed off. Her family did not have a high opinion of therapy. So she received no psyche eval, no therapy, or no counseling of any kind following the incident. That's yeah, not okay. No. So Regardless of whether you think it was intentional or an unintentional, an accident, whatever, little girl needs to be evaluated, have therapy, something. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's not okay. It's really no. not okay that that's, that it was handled that way. I'm, no. I, I think that was a huge disservice to her. I really do. And I know she's an adult. She's 21 years old. Like she can make her own decisions, but um, I, I wish someone had encouraged her to talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So she eventually went back to school, you know, just swallowed it up, just went back to school, graduated from Northeastern and enrolled in the PhD program in genetics at Harvard in 1988. So she must be pretty smart because yeah. she's doing pretty well. Jim and Amy, so Jim, Dungeon D&D Jim, they're still together throughout all of this. He was with her when she shot her brother. He was with her through this whole period. They got married in 1989 in the same church where they had Seth's wake. Yeah, this is so weird to me. This is creep. This is creep factor. This is is so odd to me. Again, she is not dealing with it. Back to the crime scene. Like you chose in a way, almost like not exactly that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like that same vibe of like, you're like relishing in a past Mm. suffering of someone Mm -hmm. like someone else's suffering. She cannot, she has not dealt with it, people. Yeah. She's not dealing with it. PhD <laughs> from Harvard. Okay. So she must be pretty smart, right? She definitely thought so. She constantly told people that she was a genius, that her husband was a genius. Katie is going to clear up what it technically means to be a genius and what it means when someone is actually at genius level. The definition of genius is exceptional or intellectual or creative power or other natural abilities. It's a person who is exceptionally intelligent or creative, either generally or in some particular respect. It's typically associated with the achievement of new discoveries or advances in a domain of knowledge. There was no denying that she was intelligent and people, everyone thought that she was very smart, but she referred to herself as genius all the time. Like other people didn't so much refer to her 
as genius, which is very strange. Hmm. Those definitions came from the Oxford Language Dictionary, okay? And I thought this was really interesting. So then I, I obviously did Merriam-Webster because a person who influences another for good or bad, the trauma and associations and traditions of a place, a personification or embodiment, especially of a certain quality or condition, extraordinary intellectual power, especially as manifested in creative activities, a person endowed with extraordinary mental superiority, a person with a very high IQ. The average person's IQ is around 95 to 105. And according to the Serial Killer Information Center, the average serial killer has an IQ of 94.5. Damn. Okay, which is slightly Whoa. below the lower side of average. Murderers in like mass shootings or massacres or serial killers. They like either have a wicked, crazy high IQ. A couple examples really quick, I'll just give you. Nathan Leopold, who kidnapped a local boy. Yeah, Leopold and Loeb. That um, case is so he freaking. Was, he had an IQ of 210, okay? And he was like the mastermind behind the whole plan. Yeah, okay? Wow. Get this, okay? Another one is Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, you wouldn't think. He has an IQ of, had an IQ of 145. Holy shit. And Ted Kaczynski was a 167. He had a higher. He's brilliant. Yeah. He had a higher IQ than Albert Einstein. Now, let me give you some examples of ones with the lower IQ. Okay. That are on the lower side. Right. And we're going to see like a trend here. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Henry Lee Lucas, an 85. Mm -hmm. Eileen Warnos, an 81. Otis Tool. Listen, what Eileen didn't have in smarts, she made up for in attitude. In other things. Mm-hmm. Yes, she did. Yes, Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer, 82. So if you look at this, like I just thought that was really fascinating too. It's It fits their style of killing, yeah. which totally. I thought is so absolutely. fascinating. Like it's absolutely like in their style of how they went about killing and then it also is relates to to psychopath versus sociopath as well which i'm always so obsessed with mm-hmm. i'm 100 positive that amy is a psycho okay yeah so amy i couldn't get an iq for her i could not yeah, get they okay I, I so, so they say she claims she's a 180 <laughs> so this is what, exactly yeah. so she said that her and her husband were had an iq of above 180 which mm-hmm. is okay. less than three percent of the population and right. just like Katie said, like that's higher than Einstein, that's higher than Ted Kaczynski. But she did like she was studying a bunch of different diseases and shit. So I mean, she wasn't. I mean, she earned the freaking degree. So I don't know if to... she did, Benny. I don't know if she did earn it. Really? What do you mean? There are people who come forward and say that she was a weak doctoral candidate, that she never should have gotten a degree, and she exploited the loss of her brother to get it. Oh. Wow, I didn't know that. That she was fucking around and not doing the work and Ooh. capitalizing on the sympathy from that incident to get it. Wow, it's fucked up. Wild. It's fucked up, but it's 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 just another layer of this. Is like another layer of questioning. Like maybe she did, maybe she didn't. Because again, I can't find any concrete proof that she's brilliant. Could you? Nope. No. Like any concrete, like this is definitely. I mean, like I just saying. 
I just her. Well, no, I mean, I did read a few things. Like there were students that were torn. Some said that she were, were was really weird and fucking was not good in the classroom. And then other people swore yeah. by her and like said she was really wicked smart and like right. Smart, but not a genius. Few, no, nobody right. ever refers to her as genius. You know? No. And to be a genius is like all I, I know think is that to be a fucking have a PhD in fucking genetics is I know on the surface deal. it looks like yeah but like I think brilliant. that regardless of whether she earned it or didn't earn it we need to strip that, that PhD from her now that's what I think we need to do yeah she Amen. doesn't get to be Dr. Amy Take Bishop it out anymore no no here here so we don't know how smart she was we know what she accomplished but we do not have an actual metric measurement, even though she told people repeatedly that she was a genius, that she had an IQ of over 180. So did her husband. She's at Harvard and she goes through this PhD program. She becomes Dr. Bishop. And in 1991, she has her first daughter, Lily, and then two more daughters, Thea and Phaedra, all kind of all one right after the other. And they are living in a cottage on her parents' property. So the same property where Seth died, which again is just like, she is not dealing with this. She is so dependent on the parents, like, but went from sleeping in their bed to now having to live on the property. Like she's married with kids and still has to be like, cannot let go living with your parents. Like, is like I live with my parents. I live yeah, with yeah, my yeah. mom. You know what I mean? Like they're with their, you know, me. I'm married with kids, and our parents live downstairs, and my parents live downstairs, and whatever. Like seems normal, but with all of her history, not she so can't much. let it go. It's yeah. not an arrangement like that. It's like she. Yeah. It's not so much that like they've made a conscious choice to live in the same space like she will she won't go yeah she's like obsessive so amy is described as a loving but very high strung mom Mm -hmm. obviously okay and i do want to cut her some slack on this she is in a phd program Mm -hmm. she has three children um she it's obviously a lot of work for her to be in this program and to be a mom and a lot of dnd campaigns to complete she's got a lot of dnd to play this is like she is there's a lot lot of d to play and d to play (laughs) there's a lot being thrown at her and she is trying to deal with it it's very evident that she doesn't stand out at harvard like she did at northeastern she is now not a big fish in a small pond anymore. Right. It's not, not super attention. easy for her to get attention. Exactly. Yeah. By 1996, Amy's parents are like, listen, we can't do this anymore. It's been 10 years since Seth passed and we're living like with a lot of ghosts here and we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to go. Amy and Jim are forced to move, which is not was not taken well the parents sell the house and get out of there finally um which is which is really probably should have happened a lot sooner yeah so in 2001 amy had her last child and her first boy who she named seth and this seemed appropriate because he was born on what would have been seth's 33rd birthday i'm telling you like she was in competition with her brother 
she had an obsession with winning over her brother. That's it's I'm a just lot I can't baggage. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. It's weird. It is weird. It's not it's not okay what's going on. It's no. not like even at this point, it's not okay. Like she's not okay. It's no. very clear that she is not okay. So around this time, she's doing a lot of writing. So she was writing poetry in college, Carly. Of course she was. Of course she was. Her and BTK oh, were writing a lot of poetry. I can't. Um, but she moved away from that and she started writing fiction. And she produced three novels. All of them were dark thrillers and none of them were very good, apparently, because no one would publish them. And she joins a local writers group and she's just not pleasant to be around. Uh, oh. This is this is just something that we hear over and over again about Amy Bishop. Yes. Like big nope. It's Absolutely not. Like everyone was like, she's socially awkward, says the most odd, strange things, which makes me think that her claims of schizophrenia might not be that outlandish. Binnie's agreed. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. I do agree with that. There's definitely there's a mental illness going on. Absolutely. Oh, 100. And maybe a few different kinds. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She said this writer's group. She's not nice to anybody. And she's telling everyone that she has a literary agent who is going to secure her a book deal. She tell, She's telling people that she's related to the famous writer, John Irving. Okay. Yeah, I How dare this. you? Because he's the How I've read every her. one of his books. I Quinny, love them. Quinny, I knew you were going to get up mad about that. I knew oh, it. I knew you were going to be offended. Uh, I, I am, like, I am not personally like offended by this. I knew okay. you would be. I went through an absolutely humongous John Irving phase. Thank you to my ninth grade English teacher, Mrs. Radko. Shout it out. Okay. Big shout out. Big shout out to Mrs. Radko. I love his books. And even if he were related to her, it wouldn't be his fault. No. But he's not because she's a liar. She's a total liar. <laughs> she's she's a liar. totally making this up. Attention seeking like just- liar. Oh my, in, ev- in everything, like in, oh, in every, okay. you just, the more you peel it back with Amy Bishop, the more you the see like, no, I don't believe it. it. Nope. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Besmirch um, the Irving name. I swear. A dimension besmirching. Oh my God. So she, so she's saying this ridiculous shit in the writer's group. She's often using the expression, kill it about facets of people's book or plot lines that she found unworthy awkward turtle that is just not like you are an awkward turtle go back into your closet you weird awkward turtle it's like a freudian slip it really is she's constantly bragging about her harvard education she is you know she's just it's not this is not good and i mean I got to be honest here. If I got into Harvard, I would probably be pretty damn proud of myself. And I would probably mention it as like often because it's really cool and it's obviously impressive. But again, Amy Bishop. No, big Amy. Okay. Shut it. Shut it, Amy. Now, what the people in this writer's group do not know is that Amy Bishop was considered a, quote, weak doctoral candidate in her program. And many people, including some of her professors, recommended that she not be granted a degree. 
So we don't really know what (sighs) happened there and we don't really know why. There's a lot of speculation about her using her brother's death to garner sympathy. Okay. Is this a dirty John situation? Yeah, where she never real, where she, she just never faked actually, the whole no, thing. No, no, because yeah. she did. No, she did. Like, but she did because she was there. She was teaching. There's multiple people of being a her being a professor. There were professors that supported her shit. That she had a couple friends. Like, okay, Dirty John was, like, was in the OR, giving anesthesia to people. Yeah, had no right to do so, but he was there. He got hospital privileges. He was credentialed. I literally do this. I like this is you, you. There's background checks. Like there's checks. I know. I feel like there's a way they can really find this out for real officially. Like, but there's also like a way that it can get just slipped through. Yeah, you know, the smart and if person. she is half as smart as she says she yeah. is there may have been a way to get to make this happen underhandedly. You can't, you just can't trust her. You just cannot trust that. Like you can't take her on faith ever. You just, you can't. Um, But she did graduate. She did. She graduated from Harvard with a doctorate in neurobiology in 2001. And she starts looking for postdoctoral work at this time and she's doing research and she's trying to publish research to lend more credibility to her work and get her name out there. So in 2002, <laughs> in one of, this is, this is one of my, Epic. This is, I've never heard of anything like this. So this is just one of, just one of those ones that stands out with Amy Bishop. Um, Amy and Jim decide to take the kids to the IHOP for breakfast one weekend morning. Cool. Great idea. So they asked for a booster seat for Seth, their youngest, and the waitress told them that she had just given away the last one. Amy reportedly said, quote, but we were here first. And then she approached the family who had the booster seat. (laughs) This poor woman. She's just she's just sitting there having breakfast with her children. Right. And Amy just rolls up on her. She She reported rolls up. She just, she reportedly starts screaming repeatedly, quote, I am Dr. Amy Bishop over and over again. The restaurant asks her to leave and she acts like she's going to leave, but then runs back to the lady with the booster seat and punches her repeatedly in the head. Psycho. Psycho. Back off from me and my kid in the booster seat. Like back off. Psycho. The first time she was asked to leave. How did they still, how did she still get to go to the woman and punch her in the head? Like, yeah, no, no. I'm charges against her charges against the, the restaurant. Yeah. Yep. She was arrested and the charges were dropped. Cool. Not even on her record, not even part of her history, not even any of it. Nope. Mm -hmm. Not, not part of her permanent record at all. This blows my mind too. This whole, like, just these things happen. These big red flags happen that people actually need to be taking like note of these things. And they like need to be recorded that these yes. things are happening in order to prevent like people dying. 
Okay. Can somebody please just have the awkward talk with Amy? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, we, we do. We try to meet people halfway, but like if my spouse punched a single mom in the head because they, because they had the last booster seat, like you <laughs> we're going to the doctor, like get your ass yes. in the car because we're just yes. driving to the doctor's office. Like this is like Bruce Blackman. Yes. Yes. Okay. Which this is not the eat your own semen whole thing. Yes. Yes. Yep. Tampon smoothie. Like it's not quite the same level of like complete and utter lack of reality, but it's getting to the point. You know what yeah. I mean? She's out of touch with reality. Yeah. Oh, 100%. This is like, this is the where, this is where I, why I think she's schizophrenic too, is that's like the dilute, it's the delusional disorder part Mm -hmm. of it, Mm -hmm. where you, where the person is delusional and that they believe that there's something like, you know, the people that are like, oh, something's crawling in my skin or like something got into me. Right. But this is like a more minor case of the delusional where it's like, they're literally, they think that they are superior. It's like a narcissistic quality almost. And Mm. like this entitlement and this self-righteous, like I am a queen. I am a doctor. Get down on your knees and like kiss my feet type shit. Yes. That's what it is. Mixed with like her postpartum mixed with like her PTSD. Okay. I'm telling you like, watch out for this bitch. Like she exactly when he like somebody should have said this woman needs fucking help dude yeah like yeah this woman needs help because there it's coming from every area like Like, and she did that to a woman stranger with kids i hop yeah trying to get pancakes with my babies she like she she did she did it in front of her whole all of her own kids too it's important to remind our audience here that amy bishop is a wee bit stressed out at this time. Okay. So she's a mom of four. She's doing her postdoctoral research. She's trying to get a permanent teaching position. She's trying to get published and she is failing. And this is a good time to mention that Jim, remember Jim, D&D Jim, hubby Jim, who's not doing D&D jack shit. Jim. Um, he doesn't do jack shit. He Jimmy doesn't work. And Amy is the breadwinner for this family. Jim occasionally worked in jobs that Amy found for him, but she repeatedly told her friends and colleagues that Jim was quote, too smart to work. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Which is like my new favorite way to call out of my day job. I need to have that on a shirt. Like I'm too smart to work. I'm really smart today, so <laughs> feeling really smart. Can't come in. I'm not I don't actually in. work here. I'm too smart to work. Oh here. my god. Okay, actually, I don't work here. In one of Amy's novels called Easter in Boston, the main character Elizabeth is married to Jack, who is a computer programmer who can't keep a job. He is described in the book as, quote, a flaccid, bed-loving loser. <laughs> Damn. Yikes. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Dang, Amy, tell me how you really feel. So our Elizabeth and Jack, Amy and Jim, I don't know, but that is worth, that's a turn of phrase for sure. Eventually, Amy's persistence does pay off when she accepts a tenure track job at the University of Alabama in Huntsville and the family relocated 
finally, right? Some form of stability, some money coming in and something, an actual tangible thing for Amy to be proud of, right? Like yeah. she, like now she has a thing. Now this is the thing. She has a, a path, a direction to be pointed, a career, all of this. She is like, th- finally, something, something pops for her. Tenure means the right to remain permanently in a job. So with academic tenure, a tenured professor can only be terminated with justifiable cause or under extreme circumstances, like if your program is discontinued or if they just close the whole wing of the college. Mm -hmm. Tenure is a huge honor and it comes with heavy expectations. So the, the phrase with tenure is publish or perish. You have to publish pretty much consistently in most concentrations, especially in the sciences. Mm -hmm. And so Amy needed to continue to research and continue to publish work. And part of the 10-year philosophy, which I did not know before doing this episode, is that it really is a First Amendment issue. It protects the right to freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Right. So if a tenured professor publishes an article about why college is bad, they're protected from being terminated by the college for expressing that view. Gotcha. Okay. So it stands to reason, right? That if they could be fired for what they're publishing, that would essentially be censorship. And that would exclude them from researching controversial issues. Mm -hmm. So like tenure is a protection basically against that for academics. So in this story, Tenure track means that Amy was in a job that w- had a position that in the future could grant her tenure if she followed the necessary steps to get there. Now, what do we know about Amy Bishop, Quinnies? Who knows oh. what the hell she's going to do, but she's probably not going to follow the necessary steps to get there. So she's in a tenure track position. And guess what? She is not publishing shit, okay? She's not doing it. Just not participating. Just not doing the one thing that she absolutely has to do. Just not doing it. (laughs) So she starts to receive multiple warnings from her superiors. Like, hey, listen, if you don't start publishing, that's going to compromise your tenure. You need to know that. Like Katie said, there were some students who thought that she was a great professor And there were also some students who did not. She repeatedly told students that they were not as smart as Harvard kids, which is super uncool. This, this, that, that part, like I have a really, I have a, I have like a wound, like a psychic wound about bad teachers, Quinny. So I'm not even going to get into it. Like, but this, this just makes me so mad. Like, please don't, please don't compare these kids who are like doing the best that they can to get an education to like the smarter kids at the more prestigious university like you yeah, like you're such real. an asshole like that's so shitty oh it's the opposite that's of what terrible. you're supposed to be doing right yeah. like it's just that's awful she would dismiss students from her class for no reason <laughs> she would just like throw them out of the lab yeah like just um, doing the most outlandish shit and the registrar's office just started to know who she was because so many students requested transfers out of her courses wow. so like she is not doing well, everybody. Like, again, she's not doing the things that she needs to do to keep her job. And like, and she's openly having these outlandish 
do, doing these ridiculous things and nobody, nobody's given her anything about no, it. She's just fly. She's just living right along and she's just trucking right along. She's overworked, right? She's a mom of four. She's the sole breadwinner. Like it's true. Like it's, it, there are stresses in her life that are legitimate. Sure. But she, she's ignoring these repeated warnings. And by all accounts, she doesn't deserve tenure. She's not right. publishing. She's not helping her students succeed. She's or not like, she's it. not doing yeah. the thing. She's not doing the work. Exactly, Benny. She's not doing the work. And she had every opportunity to do this the right way. And she right. didn't do it. And she's fake as fuck. And she's entitled as shit. And she chose not to do the work to keep the job, period. That was her choice. That was on nobody else. She, she didn't do the damn thing. When her position was reviewed by committee in the spring of 2009, she was denied tenure. One of the committee members is quoted as saying after the fact that he was worried about her mental health, quote, five minutes after meeting her. If a total stranger can see it, what is everyone else doing? So she hires a lawyer and appeals the decision. And she claims in this appeal to be suffering from severe asthma, bringing the asthma background, allergies from stress from the committee's decisions resulting in eczema and hives. Okay. Cool. Not, not stress resulting from the fact that you have not done the essential things to do your job for the past six years. But and you're stress, the only one providing for your family but, in that job. Right. So stress, but stress from the decision to deny you tenure. Got it. Okay, cool. Right. Got it. And I'm sorry, but like hives. She's been using this line since she was fucking a little yeah. kid, dude, to yeah. get attention from people. This is the same shit of just like that, just like Katie's talking about, like this attention seeking behavior that is symptomatic of yeah. another problem yeah, that is going on psycho. of that's something that she is not getting of so, like of some care that she needs that she's not getting. Everyone Ugh. flocked to Seth because he was a personable, friendly, normal kid leaving Amy exactly. in the wind. So she offed him. Yep, that's what I'm saying. I think that there was some real rooted sibling shit going on between the two of them I really really do and I think that she was god who knows she he might have had secrets or known something about her that she didn't want to fucking get out and so she went and fucking just shot his blew her own brother's head I want to know what that comment was she made to her dad I think she was obsessed with her parents yeah I think she wanted her parents for herself yeah for one all of their love and attention Uh On her, period, the end. The end, yep. So, unfortunately, Amy Bishop attended a staff meeting on February 12th of 2010 with 13 other professors and staff members in the Shelby Center for Science and Technology at the University of Alabama in Huntsville. According to witnesses, Amy did not speak for almost an hour of the meeting. This was odd because she's typically very vocal and very outspoken, but nobody knew that she had a gun in her bag. So as the meeting was ending, she pulled out a nine millimeter Ruger semi-automatic weapon and shot the department chair, Gopi Padilla, in the head. She then shot the department assistant, Stephanie Monticello, then Adriel Johnson, a cell biologist, 
then Luis Rogelio Cruz Vera, a biology professor, and then Joseph Leahy, another biology professor. Deborah Moriarty, who was a biochemist who had voted against Amy's tenure, and she knew it, was in that meeting and dove under a table. Yeah, this is crazy. This is so crazy. Amy shot Maria Raglan Davis before Deborah Moriarty wrapped her arms around Amy's legs and begged for her life. She begged her not to kill her. She said, please think of my daughter. Please think of my grandson. Amy turned the gun on her without hesitation and fired, but nothing happened because the gun jammed. So So, like that, if that's not the universe, I don't know what is. Deborah saw this opportunity and crawled away from Amy as fast as she could, who still repeatedly is trying to fire the gun, which is jammed. So all this woman is hearing is the click, click, click of her trying to pull the trigger, but it's jammed. She was able to get herself into a conference room. She barricaded the door, called 911. This whole entire thing lasted less than a minute. So she went to the ladies' room. Amy left the the room where she committed the crime she went to the ladies room she discarded the gun and her blazer which was soaked in blood in the bathroom trash then she just calmly walked into the lab and asked if she could borrow someone's phone she called jim who usually picked her up after class and just said quote i'm done she almost got away though through a loading dock in the back of the building but she was apprehended back there by a sheriff's deputy. So obviously this is huge news. Sadly, the department chair, Gopi Padilla, Maria Raglan Davis, and Adriel Johnson all died in this attack. Louise Rogelio Cruz Vera, Joseph Leahy, and Stephanie Monticholo were all hospitalized and then released. But both Leahy and Monticholo spent months in the hospital recovering. Around this time, The sheriff's department gets a phone call from Paul Frazier, who was the lead detective in Braintree, Massachusetts, who oversaw the investigation into the accidental shooting of Seth Bishop in 1986. And he said, quote, the woman you have in custody, I thought you'd want to know she shot and killed her brother back in 1986. So obviously this kicks everything into high gear. You know, this woman has no criminal record on paper, right? But she shot her brother and it was ruled an accident. So investigators start digging in to her background and they find another shocking detail, Quinnies. In 1993, Amy and Jim were questioned by the ATF, which is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. Paul Rosenberg of Harvard, received a suspicious package in the mail one day. This is during the time of the Unabomber. So this is, this is Ted Kaczynski time. So people are suspicious of packages in the mail that they were not expecting. I still am. Every single time that I get something that I don't realize where it's from, I am so freaking cautious about opening it. It's not even funny. Yeah. Paul, Paul Rosenberg is like, this is weird. I'm going to very carefully open this. And he narrowly misses the trigger to two six inch pipe bombs. Oh my God. Hugely lucky. Unbelievably lucky. This guy. Just like Deb. Just like Deb. 
narrowly escaping this. So close. And luckily. Why would Amy and Jim do something like this? I mean, they're both identified as prime suspects in this case. Why would they do something like this? Oh, because Paul was Amy's postdoctoral advisor at Harvard, and they recently had had a, quote, disagreement. Does this sound fucking familiar, Quinny's? Just like the disagreement that she had with her dad before she murdered her brother? (laughs) Yep, exactly. And it seems like every time it sparks something in her and she throws the temper tantrum and ends up killing people. Yeah. If you think that I'm jumping to conclusions here... Let me add that the New Yorker reports that she gave one of her college friends 10 pounds of potassium permanganate for his birthday so he could, quote, make explosives with it. Why was the friend, why, why? Like, okay. (laughs) Okay. What would you do if your friend gave you that? Yo, like, they're, and, like, they're science, they're nerdy scientists, guys. This no. is what this I'm is, saying too. Is like this I'm is not a do. science major. I don't know if this These is the, the thing that do. people do. Oh, they're but, like, oh. let's watch this thing blow up. Let's go out here and freaking catch this thing on. They totally they're into stuff like that. No, no, no. Like, guys, they're into no. blowing things <laughs> up. I'm gonna debunk this right now. I'm debunking it right now. What are we like, us Quinnies? What are we into? True crime, murders, killers. Like, am I mailing you? Oh, here's a knife in case you feel like, you know, murdering. We like true crime. It doesn't mean I'm mailing you true crime, you know, evidence and weapons. Yeah, that's true though. So if you like like science, so they're going to make explosives all the time. No, no. Okay. No, No. No. like you're not sending us like uh, things to commit a fingers. crime with like yeah fingers <laughs> i don't know i kind of disagree with you guys a little bit because honestly i feel like too like yes you're right we're not sending each other fucking fingers or like random fucking you know ransom letters or something right? okay they they are weird like that like i just feel like they're into weird things like that like people that work for bombs like they probably want to blow things up i don't know i just feel like if you listen if if you are a science major out there, I want to know if you please send us a straight up email at straight up evil at gmail.com and let us know if you have ever been gifted items to make to, to blow stuff up with. If you're a science major and that's the thing and it's just someone that we don't know about, I, I would like to know because if nothing else, it proves that she knows what makes up an explosive compound if nothing right? else it proves that right. she's definitely a pyromaniac <laughs> <laughs> she definitely has some tendencies floating around <laughs> and straight easy up. access to them straight up so amy's being held in relation to the shootings at university of alabama in huntsville and during this time a grand jury in massachusetts indicts her for the murder of her brother seth bishop so Shortly following this, Amy attempted suicide and was hospitalized. This is one of several incidents, including legit fights with other inmates that Amy was involved in while she was waiting for trial. So the behavior is not stopping. 
-hmm. even though she's incarcerated. It's still going on. She's still doing these things. She's officially indicted for murder and capital murder in the University of Alabama at Huntsville shootings in March of 2011. Prosecutors intended to seek the death penalty. And because of this, and to avoid the death penalty, Amy entered a plea of not guilty by reason of mental defect or disease, but she changed her mind because the death penalty was looming and they offered her a deal Mm -hmm. and she took it and she eventually pled guilty to murder and attempted murder in exchange for life in prison instead of the death penalty. A few days after this plea was entered, the Norfolk County District Attorney announced that it would not seek the extradition of Amy Bishop to stand trial for the murder of her brother. They said that this is because Massachusetts doesn't have the death penalty and she's already serving life in prison. And they said, quote, the penalty we would seek is already in place. That's bullshit. They should have done it anyways. You think so, Vinny? They should have just done it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, Amy agrees with you, Vinny. Because (sighs) Amy made a public statement after this through her public defender and said that she wanted to be tried for Seth's death because she wanted to demonstrate how innocent she is. Okay. Did you see the clip of her getting set, getting put into the cop car after being arrested for oh, the yeah. murders? And she's like, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yeah. She keeps saying it. Didn't and then happen. they go, well, what about, you know, the people you killed? And she's like, oh no, they're alive. Did you? I'm sorry. Yeah, totally delusional. I I don't know. I don't know. The way I only saw like a a, a little clip. It's not like I have interviewed her myself and like seen like hours of footage on her. It seemed fake to me. You just, the thing is, is that there's no fucking trust her. Yeah. So that's what it is. Like, even if there is something wrong with her. And then that makes me think that her family has always known that she can't fucking trust her. So maybe her family has been loath to pay attention to the shit that she's doing because they're like, she's just Amy and she's just, exactly. she, you, she, you can't mom, trust her. And her yeah. mom just hides shit for her anyways, all the time and covers shit really up for does. her all the time. So what'd she do when she was a little kid? Who knows? The university of Alabama at Huntsville created a memorial garden to Amy's victims in the spring of 2012 Several of the victims' families sued the school, including wrongful death lawsuits against the university provost. Most of these were settled out of court under an undisclosed agreement. Since her incarceration and guilty plea, Amy has filed several appeals saying that her attorneys were inadequate. She did apologize in 2015 in a court filing saying, quote, she's terribly sorry for the victims and their families and her family. She has blamed the shooting on schizophrenia, steroids, and allergies. The the allergy allergies? one kills me. The allergy. <laughs> allergies are bad, but come on now. I don't understand why, why is she even bringing it up? No, like if you're appealing to have a new, you're saying that you have ineffective assistance of counsel and you want a new trial. There's no reason to tell them why you committed the crimes, Amy. <laughs> like right. there's no reason to even <laughs> list that. <Please>. Exactly. <laughs> she does have a lot of the symptoms of schizophrenia though. Mm-hmm. 100%. So she, was she, she not evaluated before trial and found competent? 
She was found competent. Yes, she was found competent. Competent to stand trial. Now that doesn't mean she's not mentally ill. Sure, but right, they're saying that it's not so. It's not to a point where she she could not participate right. in yeah, the she's trial. Like, she's func- and she's functioning in an extremely creepy and unfortunate incident. We're, we'll talk about this, and then we'll get into our final thoughts and theories on Amy Bishop. Extremely creepy and unfortunate incident. This story actually has a current footnote. Seth Anderson. Amy's youngest child and namesake for Uncle Seth, who died by Amy's own hand in 1986, was murdered in an accidental shooting on April 19th of 2021. His friend, Vincent Harmon, was charged with reckless murder in what has been described by police as, quote, a shooting incident. How eerie and weird. that's That's just so disturbing to think about the same birthday right same born birthday. on Seth's birthday yeah. same name uh same youngest was, child like it was like Seth was de- gonna defeat her no matter what basically is kind of how I look at it I feel like it's like Seth reincarnated and it's right. just the same history we're playing over and oh, over God. it's like a curse almost yeah it, it yeah it is yeah that's that is just uh, and I mean, we're also okay you want to make it even weirder we're also doing this podcast on my friend who died his name is seth so you want to just no. make it even yeah and today's his birthday yeah winnie yeah my hair's just stood up on my fucking arms because i literally just realized that like as we were doing this oh my god wow it's eerie not yeah, I just this, got fucking freaked out, biddies. Amy's yeah. son was 20. Uh, her brother was 18. Amy's mm-hmm. son was 20. But um, Quinny's final thoughts and theories about Amy Bishop. Awkward. I just, turtle. I just struggle. I really struggle. I really feel for anyone struggling with a mental illness. I feel like everyone should get the adequate therapy treatments that they require and need. I think that we, like we said with the Bruce Blackman episode way back when as a family member or friend, like if, even if you're seeing the, the flags and you don't want to see the flags, the red flags, you still got to do something about it, regardless of how awkward or unpleasant or angry that person might get at you, like whatever. Cause like, obviously something was going on for a very, very long time. Definitely. Okay. And only getting worse. Like yeah. her parents, Jim, like what, Jim, what are you doing? Jim, what are you doing? What yeah, you I was doing? just slowly building exactly like over time. And like in his interview building. with Good Morning America, it wasn't a very long interview, but like when I saw he just like wants to know, like, why did you do it, Amy? It's like, I don't know, Jim, go out on a rock and ask yourself a couple questions. Jim is know. not blameless in this at all. No. Jim, no, I don't know where the hell Jim's at. No, because you're, and yeah, he's always like making excuses for her. And he's like, oh, she just wanted everyone to has. like do this. Yeah. I think you have a real good theory with her being obsessed with their parents and just wanting all the attention from them. And like mm-hmm. once Seth came along when he was born, her brother Seth, it was all over. She needed to be the best, the smartest, the best violin player. Oh, Seth, want to play violin? Oh, no, I'm supposed to be the musician here. I'm supposed to be the standout, you know, everything. Like, regardless of the mental health issue, like, obviously there was something there. I still feel like a lot of it is narcissism. 
which is in its own right, it could be a mental health thing, whatever. Definitely. It doesn't mean you get to murder people. You murdered your own brother and then you got to live another day to murder other people. It doesn't make it okay to kill, to murder someone. Just like I still always feel like the Menendez brothers literally had the brains of nine-year-old boys and didn't even know what the fuck they were probably doing. It doesn't make it okay for them to have killed their fucking Mm -hmm. parents in cold fucking blood. Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. like when you're being an Angelica from the Rugrats, like at an early age, (laughs) that's that's a bad sign. Like that's a fucking red flag. People were getting help for this early on. Like we could be preventing a lot of fucking things from happening, but instead people want to discredit the fact that people are really mentally sick and they have problems and that they are a danger to society. Okay. For themselves. And this comes into play also with domestic violence, right? Where people are calling and saying, Hey, this, my best friend is getting beat up by her boyfriend. I think he's going to kill her. Okay, cool. Thanks for letting us know. Next thing you know, your friend is fucking, you know, God knows what. So it's like, you just, these things cannot be discredited or like taken for granted or just put on the back burner because it's real shit. And if people would have exactly realized this early on, we could have maybe gotten her some help. It's tragic as hell. Well, Be- on that note, I did find a couple a couple cases of young murderers who went on to murder again that were at first deemed accidents. Like the first ones yes. were accidents. I found a couple. Okay. I found a lot of just kid murderers who were right. you know, not caught or whatever. But like these two, the first one, Carol Cole, who was a guy okay, named Carol. From California, he had abusive mom who would dress him in girls' clothes. What the fuck? Stop! Stop doing this! Stop naming your kids after girls because that was Jamie's father's issue too. Remember? Yes. Okay. Oh my god. So in 1947, he was bullied really bad at school for his girl name. Okay. Wow. He was eight, and he retaliated by drowning another eight-year-old boy named Dwayne in a lake. Wow. Okay. But it was labeled an accident at the time. However, later on, he would confess in his autobiography that he was writing in prison because he was in prison for murdering women who had, quote, proved themselves unfaithful to their husbands like his adulterous mother. So like he went from one victim at age eight and then murdered another 15 women. Then there's one other guy, well, one other kid. Amrideep Sada of India, okay? In 2006, he was also aged eight. He was deemed India's youngest serial killer. Eight years old. He first murdered his six-month-old cousin, and then a few months later would murder his eight-month-old sister. Holy then, shit. lastly, he would abduct a six-month-old girl from the village primary school and kill her as well. All three victims were girls under one year old. Each time he would take the baby out to a field, strangle them and hit them over the head with a rock until they died. Wow. Oh my God, Jesus. But what's interesting is the first two murders, granted were of his relatives, remember his cousin and his sister. The first two murders went unreported because they were deemed accidents because his family felt it was a family matter. 
Wow. Yeah, see, this whole family shit fucks with shit. And this I'm telling you. 2006. This is not that long ago. Wow. Really? Okay. Wow, Benny. That's so, wild. The, in the meantime, the villagers knew about him and knew what he did to his sister and his cousin. So when the little other little girl who was of no relation to him, that all happened. They confronted him and his family. He ended up confessing and leading them to where he had buried her body in a shallow grave. Wow. Okay. So he had a total of those three victims all within the year, all within a year from 2006, 2007, but his conviction and sentencing and et cetera, that information was never released to the public. So we don't know if anything really happened, but it is believed that he did spend maybe three years in psychiatric care but is presumably now a free man. And we think he changed his name. Okay. So, so like it, if they had just gotten help. Right. For these poor kids. Right. At um, the time they were poor kids. But yep. I mean, I know that 1947 was an entirely different era and like and, mental health was not a thing. Right. But we should have been. But that's the point too though. But that's the point too. That's another, you're making, it's another <sighs> point that you're only, great point that you're making, Brittany, is that it's like exactly like it should have been this ha- have it's a problem with our society and our country is that it should have been happening a long time ago like in the 70s and in the 50s 50s through the to the 70s when they were when they were like abusing people who were mentally messed up and doing horrible things to them like lobotomies and torture within the asylums and so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and just putting women away because they had menopause like or they were lesbians I, I agree with you, Quinnies. I believe that if you are having violent thoughts or intrusive thoughts, or you're having trouble dealing with your stresses and you are feeling like your stresses are going to lead you down a path of violence, or they have already, or they've made you feel like you are capable of doing something that you normally don't feel like you would do or rationally yeah. do you yourself have got to get help try to get some help yeah you've absolutely got to get help i don't know what we are going to do as a society with all these fucking white people who feel like they are entitled to something don't get it and then bring a gun somewhere Yep. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do with that. I, I don't know what the solution is to that. Amy Bishop is part of that group. I Definitely. do agree that she was probably mentally ill. I do agree that there were issues that were untreated, obviously, probably before she killed her brother and after right. she killed her brother. But my sympathy with Amy Bishop only goes so far because I do feel like the allergies and the asthma, all those issues as a kid are all a cry for attention, trying Mm -hmm. to get the attention put back onto Amy. I also got to say, I, you know, that Queens, you know, that I'm always obsessed with when something happens, like the day that it happens to happen. Explain to me how she's at Northeastern University living in Boston, and she just happens to be home for her grandfather's wake on the night that the house gets robbed. Okay. Yeah. I'm so oh, glad you brought I this up. Pre- I'm so I don't like it. I am too. Okay. I was going to say, I don't I like it. I was going to say, I think it was her. Because she had the perfect excuse. I I wasn't there. I was at the funeral, whatever. But she had something to do with it. And the fact that it was family memorabilia too. Okay. And also get this. And some of it was expensive, like some jewelry and shit. Yo, I was thinking even more. What do you think she could have used that fucking money for? 
what do you think when she pawned all that shit that she would have used the money for? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like some fake college degrees or some shit. Telling you. To pay somebody off. Because the pillowcases. What the hell are you doing in the kids' rooms if you're trying to rob somebody? Number one, there's no reason to be in there. And what, like, no. Something ain't clean. No, something ain't clean. Literally, you're going to open the door, see the kids, it's the kids' toys or whatever. It's the kids' room. And you're like, I don't need to go in there. What's going to be in there? Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. That whole timeline of that robbery and everything doesn't make sense. I also wonder if she went downstairs that day when she killed her brother, thinking that maybe it was her dad who came home Mm -hmm. and, and seeing that it was him and being like, well, whatever, like I'm already doing it. Like I've already blown a hole in my bedroom wall. So I guess I have to go through like, and then goes to try to steal a car. Yeah. That's not the behavior of someone who just did something horribly tragic that they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. No, that's the behavior of fucking a crazy person. Also, that robbery is not right. The robbery is not right. Also, no. I don't know why this could be absolutely nothing, but her calling her husband after she shoots yes. the, the, um, her colleagues and so says, strange. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. What is that? I know. What the fuck is that? I need to I'm know done. exactly the inflection. Like, I mean, like, she doesn't really mean, have like, any. You're done as in like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't take it anymore. Or did he have any inkling about something because of the pipe bomb situation? Like I'm done. I Yeah, did they my definitely part. have you know? secrets, you know, like oh, they have like secrets, especially with Judy covering up for the daughter all the time. Okay. There's oh. some red flags about that. And the then also thing. I keep going back to the fact that he knew something that she didn't want to get out and it does absolutely and it does give me that Casey Anthony kind of vibe where everybody is very afraid of what Amy's gonna do and yes. nobody is trying to cross Amy and so they do just any shit their graves and yeah. just like because like mm-hmm. for the dad to have a, words with her and then he's the one who leaves the house like you're right. she's 21 years old like what's she gonna do yeah, yeah like exactly. but he's got to go out because they ha- like yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, just I weird. feel like everyone walks on eggshells around her like they know the dynamic, that the she's dynamic, capable yeah. of something. You know, there's absolutely no shame in saying it's OK to not be OK. It's totally OK to tell someone that you the thoughts that you're having, your friends and your family can try to support you through that journey. But it's really you who has to say that they're ready to get help. Unfortunately, this shooting is from 2012 and we have had countless more of these so countless, countless more of these in the past week so yeah. this hasn't been figured out or solved yet we don't like nobody really knows what to do with this problem and it's very scary um but amy bishop in amy bishop's case we can draw, trace a clear line of when she could have talked to a mental health professional long before mm-hmm. she was ever in that staff meeting um, and my heart just really, really goes out to those people because they're just the most innocent of the innocent. Like if I know how much I hate attending a staff meeting, like nobody even wanted to be there. I guarantee exactly. you, like they're being dragged there for work and it's just, 
how uh, it's something about the fact that she waited until the end of the meeting yeah. really scares me. Like that's yeah, just and truly the, and the scary. Quiet and the silence, like mm-hmm. the torturous silence that is, was that so abnormal of her? Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's eerie. We should say their names one more time too, Quinny, the victims. Yeah. Like so the, seriously. The UAH victims, the people who actually died in the university of Alabama at Huntsville shooting were Gopi Padilla, Maria Raglan Davis and Adriel Johnson. And the people who were wounded were Luis Rogelio Cruz Vera, Joseph Leahy, and Stephanie Monticello. Stephanie Monticello was a, an assistant. I know. She, like she, did, she didn't yeah. even have anything to do with yeah. anything to do with Amy Bishop. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just. And then Deb Moriarty, man. Deb yeah, Moriarty. Shout out, to, shout out to Deb for real. I mean, the hero, the hero of the story. For the sure. true hero of the story because she she told us. I mean, she she told us exactly how it went down. It doesn't have to be one of those situations where we have to take the killer's word for it. Right. Right. You know, she told right. us yes. what happened. Which is so rare. Which is so such a rare. So rare. Yeah, that's right. Amy Bishop. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Love you. Love, Love you, you, little pennies. Talk to you soon. Listen to Straight Up Evil.